Do you think there's any use for this information? So for more, for lack of a better term, for more agreeable men, more agreeable men, I assume are going to have a harder time attracting women because women are more attracted to this, these dark triad traits. True. She's telling on herself. Is there a way for people to kind of present themselves in a manner that embodies these traits without actually being a terrible person? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have a, a good friend of mine here at Cambridge. Um, he's a criminologist, Vincent Herrenham. He has coined this idea of the dark, I think he calls it the dark gentleman. Uh, and I may be getting some of the details wrong, but it's essentially this sort of uh, this marriage between uh, a guy who's maybe a little bit edgy and, you know, uh, ambitious and you know, can be maybe somewhat emotionally distant, but they know what they want. They're sort of using, um, you know, using some of those those qualities to pursue what they want while also sort of having a soft side to them. Yeah, these are the men, the, the so-called Christian greys, the men of the romance novels, which are incredibly rare. Imagine a dark triad man who also has empathy, right? It's like incredibly rare, right? The level of self, self-awareness self it would require for a man to have these, right, is ridiculous. Incredibly rare. You know, the sort of uh, whatever, like the dad versus the cad, but sort of those two things put together. Um, I suppose, yeah, I mean, people can cultivate and and suppress various aspects of their nature. I mean, broadly speaking, in the personality research, our personalities, like the big five, they tend to be pretty stable throughout our lives. You know, if you measure at age 18 compared to, you know, 50, in your 50s or something, the correlation tends to be around 0.8. I mean, it's very stable. But that's sort of um, it, looking in, in the aggregate scale, you know, across multiple, many individuals across time, but as an individual person, you can sort of, and I'm sure people have experienced this where um, you may want to say, be more extroverted, you know, in a social situation, maybe you're more of an introvert, maybe you're more of a bookish type, uh, but you want to make friends or you want to uh, get promoted or something. So you, you sort of become more extroverted or pretend to be that way. And I think guys can do this too with, with uh, maybe being slightly more disagreeable while, you know, retaining some of the uh yeah uh no (laughs) in order to be in order to become a disagreeable person you lose the agreeableness so so you you can't you can't be like like dry and wet at the same time you can't be hot and cold at the same time right um that's just not how it works hello and welcome to the helios blog my name is helios here for another reaction video if you're new to the channel liking the content Hit the sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. It's for the stuff I can't put on YouTube, guys. Uh, again, it's patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Uh, just go there and subscribe to the Nebula tier. Again, it's patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Um, you could also drop me a donation like Tom M here. Shout out to him. Um, anyway, yeah, you, you can't be like like fried ice. You just, you just can't. This is why I recommend like... You can either be the kind of guy that other men want to be and other women want to sleep with, or you cannot. It's entirely dependent on your decisions. If you are working and striving and fighting to be a superior man, that's what you get. If you're going to lay on your butt and do nothing and let the world just, you know, tell you what to do um, and, and, you know, be an idiot, a useful idiot, then that's the result you're going to get. You can't have it both ways. 
even though, you know, the, the girls want fried ice, but that doesn't mean that you can be that. You really can't. If you're developing your dark triad, the dark triad side of your personality, you're naturally going to make the, your agreeableness less. You can't be the, the good dad and be a cad at the same time. Impossible. That's the point of the dichotomy, right? Uh, the good guy traits. Um, speaking of extroversion, um, this reminds me of some interesting research on this too, that um, generally speaking, people are they report being happier when they behave in a more extroverted way. And this is not just true for people who score high on extroversion, but uh, introverts too. Um, if you uh, tell introverts, you know, if, if introverts are in a study and the researchers say like, you know, go go behave in a more social way, interact with more people, talk to more people today, um, introduce yourself to more people than you normally would, something like that. Um, they actually report being happier than when they behave in an introverted way, when they sort of go against their impulses. You know, maybe they want to stay inside, but they force themselves to go out. And I find this interesting too, that uh, sometimes, you know, going against your own personality uh, impulses can can actually increase uh, your sense of well-being. Well, what's what's interesting is this, and you'll find this as a, as a as a man is when you go out and approach, and you actually you know are successful. You know, you get phone numbers, stuff goes well for you, etc. Um, you will feel pretty good about yourself. It's a, you'll feel a sense of accomplishment because it's not an easy thing to do to go against your nature, right? But by going against your nature over and over and over, what you're actually doing is a form of cognitive behavioral therapy. It's called exposure therapy. It's what you do um, when you're afraid of a spider or something. You, you literally go against your own nature. You go against your own fear, right? You push against that in order to change how your brain works, right? So by going against your own nature, you're literally recarving the past in your brain. And by doing that, you're becoming a different person. And that person is not the same person that you were before you started doing that stuff. And once you are that person, you, you can't go back to being the old person because you've, you've recarved the past in your brain to be a different way. This is why I think that therapists and stuff, like, like you really need to be very careful about, like, if you're going to therapy and stuff, who you're choosing. Because those, the, you're allowing those people to change your brain. And if you allow the wrong person into your head, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go very bad for you. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, ha I have a theory that, okay, so, you know, if, you, if you're an extremely agreeable person, you, you tend to value, you tend to... You can potentially kind of cram down whatever you're feeling so that you don't hurt anybody's feelings, right? Oh, I don't want to say that because this person might interpret it this way. And if they. This is solipsism. She's talking about herself. This is not how everyone thinks, right? But she's taking her own personal experience and generalizing it to the population. Also, notice all of the emotion driven words. That is how women think, just in general. Women don't always think this way. You can be trained to not think this way. But this is their their inclination if there's no training. They feel sad. I'm going to feel sad because I'm an agreeable mm. person. I think that if people learn how to overcome that and actually say how they feel, they feel better. I think it might... I think what you're talking about is your own personal experience and generalizing it to the population. She's saying... You know, I think if I act like a strong, independent woman and just fray and just say everything that I'm feeling, that you feel better. No, saying all of your unfiltered thoughts will not make you more popular or more happy. 
It will not. It will likely make you miserable. It might just be harder for agreeable people because they care more about other people's feelings. But that kind of thing, I think you can practice. And you're like, okay, you're concerned. You're going to say something. It's going to hurt somebody's feelings. But you should probably say it. You have that feeling in you. If you just do that and then you survey the outcome, you're like, okay, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. She's literally telling on herself. She's just saying what she does and generalizing it to the population and saying, this this worked well for me, so you try it because it'll work well for all of you in broadcasting this garbage to the audience. Like, no, you cannot use your personal experience, your personal thoughts, generalize them to the population and use that as advice. It doesn't, that's not. Okay, anyway. I think if you practice that, you can get over that. And I think for men who are more prone to being agreeable like that, I think that's probably a good thing to practice in general, but also to make you more attractive to women. Men aren't generally so emotion-driven as you're describing. Men are more, especially these these beta nice guys, right? Uh, Or S-star MPs, as uh, they like to call them now. Um, Here is what they do. They just have a very simple reasoning structure, okay? It's women say they want to be friends first. Therefore, I will be friends first. Then it will go from friends to a relationship. And then from a relationship, we will progress to bedroom fun. It's simple. A leads to B leads to C. Not realizing that by being friends first, they've already eliminated the very thing that women are attracted to, which is polarity, uncertainty, um, you know, anxiety, uh, you know, etc. They're, they're doing the comfort part without any of the tension. Bedroom fun is tension plus logistics. There's no tension. There's not going to be bedroom fun. Yeah. 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 I think there's, there's, uh, I mean, that's definitely, I, I think a useful way to do it. And, and also, I mean, beyond, you know, trying to whatever, like shape your personality in different ways or behave differently. You can also just sort of put yourself in places where people might be more attracted to uh, a more agreeable man. Um, so it- where, <laughs> where would those places be <laughs> like a different country? I, I don't know. Like, that's certainly not the case in the West, in any Western country. For for a for a girl to be attracted to an agreeable man, where? Oh, you mean when she's thirty five plus, when she's had a fun, she's ready to settle down? Then, no, this is terrible advice. What is this advice? It's garbage advice. If you you know maybe maybe going out to uh, I don't know a nightclub or something is not the ideal place if you're more of say an, an agreeable or introverted kind of guy, but that it doesn't matter. Women's nature is women's nature. It doesn't matter where you go. Like go to the club, go to the bookstore, go to the supermarket. It doesn't matter if you're more agreeable. Women are less attracted to you. It doesn't matter. This is the myth of the you know the Madonna uh, you know uh, garden tool, right? Like. Guys put girls into two categories and they assume that girls are strictly one or strictly the other. No. Every girl has both aspects to her nature and it depends on if she finds you attractive or not, which one you see. Right? <laughs> I don't know, religious services or... or no, whatever. Michaela herself divorced, what, once already and she's supposedly religious. No, it doesn't matter. 
right? Like if you go to a, like like if you go to a church, here's what's going to happen. They're going to see you're a useful idiot for the uh, you know for the womanist like pastor and you're going to be manipulated into getting a wife who then treats you like garbage because you're agreeable like that. No. Actually, look up uh, Rolo Tomasi's book on... Uh, it's called, literally, Rational Male Religion. It's, uh, it's about this. No, this is, this is a lie. This is, this is false. Like, what? All right. Speaking of Rolo Tomasi, here's an article by him. It's called Casualties. Uh, I've been meaning to write this post for some time now. I'd thought about it again in August when the J- uh, when the Colorado Theater bad stuff happened. There was plenty of other incidents I've had over the years to comp- contemplate this premise, and unfortunately, I'm sure there'll be more in the future. As a few of you know, I live in central Florida, and we've recently had a, something bad happen there. More recently, over the weekend, there was, this, there was an incident in Milwaukee as well. As a writer and thinker immersed as I am in Red Pill Awareness and an observer of the Matrix in general, the first question that comes to my mind when confronting stories like these is to wonder about the perpetrator's personal life. There are a lot more notorious uh, bad men than these to speculate about. Um, and uh, there's a lot of incidents that go unreported. When I read about these bad stuff uh, and, and other bad stuff of this nature, I find myself wondering about uh, how the, the person that did the bad stuff, how their matrix conditioning contributed to that mental state. And these are the uncomfortable questions, especially considering the direct loss of life when I take into account what I propose here and the observations I make about the feminine imperative and the correlations I come to, part, uh, I come to in part or in whole, which may influence the decision. So here's the average frustrated ending yourself. The first guy I knew to commit bad stuff to himself over a woman was my brother-in-law. I don't like to go into too much detail about it, as critics may think it's my casus belli for getting involved in the menosphere, but suffice to say it was about uh, a 20-year marriage and two children. My sister-in-law promptly married the millionaire she was seeing less than a year after he was in the ground. This is the real point of contention her family and I have with her, but it was his terminal betaness, one-eyed conditioning, that greatly contributed to uh, to, to, to doing bad stuff to himself. The psychologist in me knows there are plenty of imbalances that dispose a person to doing bad stuff to themselves, but also knew there are plenty of external prompts to make taking action more probable. My brother-in-law did that to himself in response to having the unthinkable happen to him. His one, his soulmate, uh, a woman he was very possessive of, was leaving him after 20 years of marriage for a millionaire, we discovered later. She was the only woman he'd ever had bedroom fun with and had been a faithful and dependable husband and father since they married at 18 and 19. He did the quote-unquote right thing and married her when he'd gotten her, you know, with a kid at 17 and stuck by her, sacrificed any ambition he had and worked his bum off to send both the kids to college, an advantage he'd never achieve. He wasn't a saint by any means and I'm not going to argue my sister-in-law's motivations since those aren't my point. My point is that he was an AFC who never came to terms with it and believed his life was only completed with his one. He literally couldn't go on without her. He couldn't lose the beta in his personality, and so he lost himself. He never displayed any sign of bad stuff in his, uh, you know, of anything wrong in his mind. He wasn't an, uh, he wasn't uh, suffering from any mental disorders. Never saw, saw a therapist. Never had any issues with feeling sad. Even up to the day of his uh, ending himself, and generally had his stuff together for the most part. We can call crazy crazy, but when I read reports of a 16-year-old guys doing bad stuff to the parents of their 14-year-old girlfriends uh, so that they can be together as they were meant to be, there's more than just mental considerations to account for. Uh, AFC-ness, for lack of a better term, I see as a form of conditioning. If a man internalizes for the majority of his life that he can't live without a woman and he has even mild self-esteem issues or personality disorders, it may be that, that he literally can't live without it. 
Okay, so you can go on reading this. It's just on the Rational Mail, the um, website. Or something like maybe they're more, you know, women there might be more more interested in a in a more agreeable kind of person. So definitely, you can sort of put yourself in the right environment as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. If you're like a super agreeable, nice guy, it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to be taken advantage of everywhere. The adage goes, "A fool and his money are soon parted." In this case, it's not money; it's time, attention, affection, etc. Uh, a fool and his money are soon parted. If you're a fool who's willing to give up his time, attention, and affection to any girl that gives you attention, then you're going to be used for it. Sorry. I think the the dating question is fascinating just because I know, I think it's just, it's just becoming more difficult for a lot of young people. Yeah. You know, guys who are, That's right. you know, they have good careers, they have a good income, all those kinds of things. Beta male. And they have some of them had to make it a second job, basically, of like reorganizing their lives in order to find a, a suitable uh, romantic partner. I think it's getting pretty, pretty rough out there. That's called the Pareto principle. When you deregulate the bedroom fund marketplace, most men are invisible to most women, even the average women. So guys that 50 years ago would have married a girl exactly like that, an average guy marrying an average girl because of enforced monogamy, whatever. Um, you know, the church, social shaming, etc. Nowadays, that average girl is saying, you're average, whatever, get out, get out of here. And she's going to sleep with Chad, gets alpha widowed by him, and then never gets married, the, the girl doesn't, or she has a kid by Chad and is a single mother. And then she blames it on men. It's like, no, you are making mistakes in your partner selection. You get so much attention from all these dating apps and Instagram, etc., that you think you're better than the average man. And so you disdain them and then it destroys you in the future. Like, So what does that mean, reorganizing their lives? Yeah, so like a friend of mine, for example, he... Uh, Another logical fallacy, he's taking his friend and then generalizing it to the population anyway. It, you know, sort of changed the hours he worked at in order to go to cooking classes because he just figured, you know, he likes to cook and he wants to meet, you know, a person who would, would want to cook too. Yeah, that's if you have to reorganize your life around women you're doing something wrong you see what i'm saying guys you we're not out here changing our careers for women we're not out here flying across the country to go to her university we're not out here molding our lives to be better for women no you as a man you need to become superior you need to become you know Better than other men, stronger than other men, faster than other men, fitter than other men, so that you're competitive. And then that's how it goes. Like, we're not out here reorganizing our entire lives to better suit women. It doesn't work, guys. Like, he's still just as miserable, I'm sure. Or he found a nice girl who, uh, you know, they're now married and in five years it'll be a divorce with cash and prizes. Uh, you know, sort of going to the gym at, at, at the right hours. Um just sort of generally changing his habits and introducing himself to more people, um, getting his uh, dating apps. Like he had like a lot of input from different women and different people who could help. Women are not the ones to be asking for advice for your dating apps. It's like asking a fish, like how, how did you catch me fisherman? No, you need to ask guys that are successful what they did. Right. And here's a large part of it. Be attractive, don't be unattractive. Like, it's it's not about reorganizing your life. 
I mean, if you're not talking to girls at all, you need to, you do need to talk to girls, right? Regularly, right? But like, it's it's like, and if you're not working out, I guess that would be reorganizing your life. Like, if you weren't working out at all, but it's it's not about like changing. Like, anyway, let's continue. Him like portray, you know, convey himself in in the way that that would maximize his chances of finding a suitable uh, partner. And I think a lot of guys, you know, they're they don't do this, you know, they just sort of go through life and wonder what's going on. And other guys are realizing like, oh, it really is something you have to take seriously. It's not something that's just going to happen by accident for you. You and, and That's right. So for women, it happens to them, but men have to go out and get it. They have to go out and take it. They have to go out and compete and fight and struggle and become successful and and, and competitive. Um, he's not, he's just, he's just kind of tiptoeing around the truth, right? He's, he's not saying, man, you need to be physically attractive. You have to go to the gym. You have to be, you know, tall and strong and make good money and, you know, be physically fit and, you know, like have experience with women and be good and bad and all that stuff. He's not saying any of this, right? He's just, he's just saying, oh, you kind of just need to like change your schedule and like, you know, um, like go to cooking classes. Like that's not, that's not what. Although, did you see what he said? He kind of protected his friend there, right? He said his friend is wants to be with a girl who can cook, so he's going to cooking classes, right? Um, yeah, men want women that can cook, right? But in 2022, it's like a lost art, right? And this is the, the place where his friend thinks that might happen. Well, I mean, maybe not. If she's in cooking class, it means she doesn't know how to cook, right? I'm sure women are having, in many ways, the same kind of experience, but... No, what? Excuse me? More women, okay, more men than women now in 2022 are virgins. So no, women are not having the same experience. Women are having the experience of the CC riding. They have a million like uh, like uh, suitors, a million men that are interested in them. And um, like uh, they're sleeping around with Chad. Not all of them, but that's what's happening. They, they go from Chad to Chad to Chad. They get alpha widowed. They, they get to 28 to 35 and they're like, oh, I've had my fun. I'm ready to settle down. And then they, they try to get married and have children within a year. That's that's what they're doing. That's not the same experience as men. Men are like, from the age of 18 to 28, they get nothing. And then they get to 35 and one girl who's like, you know, uh, who's had a fun and ready to settle down, she gives him a chance. Then they get married uh, and then she gives him no bedroom fun at all because he doesn't compare to the chads she was with. And then he gets used for cash and prizes. It's not the same, the same problem. Girls can't get Chad to lock, to, to, they can't lock down Chad. That's not the same problem as literally every single girl you've ever met saying no to you. That's, it's different. Like, that's not the same problem. These girls could have chosen a guy to marry at any point. Like, Mr. Right came like 55 times, but they wanted Mr. Wrong 55 times. You see what I'm saying? You know, just speaking from, you know, most of my friends tend to be guys, and this is sort of their experience. And yeah, it really is. Um, you know they're spending hours a week on on this uh, on this project of how to find a how to find a girlfriend yeah he's just telling on himself right or on his friends they're beta males they're invisible yeah okay well we could talk about that but but by the way when michaela reacted to that she's like this is such a foreign concept to me i get approached all the time like <laughs> and she's a single mother so imagine the difference in life between men and women right like how easy men have it versus women. Just think about it. All right. Um, here is uh, the Reddit post. Uh, post on relationship advice nine hours ago. I really care and love my wife, but I'm tired of doing everything and not getting anything in return. 
I hate to feel this way and I've talked to her multiple times. I've even paid for marriage counseling and she insisted it didn't work and she wasn't learning anything. During counseling, she'd barely even talk. We both work eight to five jobs and anytime she's home, she's constantly on TikTok. I have to take care of the responsibilities as in cleaning the litter box out, the dogs. I'm lucky if she helps me with the dogs. If I ask her to help with the cats, she says that I'm treating her like a child. But I don't ask. Uh, but if I don't ask, it doesn't get clean. Before she downloaded TikTok on her phone, she actually seemed like she wanted to spend time with me and hang out. Now it's completely opposite. It's like I'm with this very lazy person. After I asked her if she'd be with me if I acted this way and she said she didn't know. If there's something I want to do to create memories, I have to pay for everything, even if she wants to do something. And then once she blows some money, she asks me for money. It's exhausting. When she's with her friends, she doesn't even text me. And when she's with me, she constantly messages them. We don't have bedroom fun. She doesn't want to do anything with me. I asked her to go to the movie. She told me no. She goes to work. Her friends talk about it and then she wants to go. It's making me feel empty. She says she still loves me and wants this. But I told her last night that, that there is a reality outside of being on a phone like responsibilities. I shouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah, so welcome to being the useful idiot. You are there to facilitate her reality. and She's just using you, bro. Sorry. You are nothing to her. You're not Chad. You're not her friends. She doesn't care. She doesn't want you. She doesn't need you. That's what she's treating you like. And they don't even have children either. 284 upvotes. So mostly no dates, no conversation, no bedroom fun, no financial contribution to making memories, no help around the house. There's nothing there. A pet goldfish would be better company and do more for you because at least they wouldn't hit you up for money. 91 upvotes. On top of that, she wants to try for a kid which there is intimacy only if she wants it. So I feel obligated to do it. Personally, I don't even want to do anything if I feel like it's not genuine. 182 upfits. Don't get her pregnant, just leave, pack the important stuff and run. That's right, guys. Like, what? 85 upwards. Please, please, please don't bring a kid into this marriage. Until you get this sorted, having a kid will make the situation worse. And if you get divorced, you'll be stuck with this woman even after the divorce because of the kid. 55 upwards. Stop trying for a kid. Uh, everyone will be miserable. Uh, yeah. That's right. This seems like a dead-end relationship. The last thing you need is a child. If you thought the cat and the dog were bad, taken care of on your own. Uh, with a little one that's multiplied by 100. Yeah. Okay, guys. That's the end of the video. Again, if you're new to the channel, liking the content, please hit the sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. Patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe to the Nebula tier. Again, Patreon is for the stuff I can't put on YouTube, guys. Just so you know. Again, it's patreon.com slash the Helios blog. You can also drop me a donation like Tom M here. Shoutouts to him. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time out of your busy day to listen, especially if you listen to the end of the video. I really do appreciate it, guys. You're wonderful. And I will see you next time.